according to research, in order for a culture to maintain itself for more than 25 years, there must be a fertility rate of 2.11 children per family. With anything less, the culture will decline. Historically, no culture has ever reversed a 1.9 fertility rate. A rate of 1.3, impossible to reverse because it would take 80 to 100 years to correct itself and there is no economic model that can sustain a culture during that time. In other words, if two sets of parents each have one child, there are half as many children as parents. If those children have one child, then there are one-fourth as many grandchildren as grandparents. If only a million babies are born in 2006, it's hard to have two million adults enter the workforce in 2026. As the population shrinks, so does the culture. As of 2007, the fertility rate in France was 1.8, England 1.6, Greece 1.3, Germany 1.3, Italy 1.2, Spain 1.1. Across the entire European Union of 31 countries, the fertility is a mere 1.38. Historical research tells us these numbers are impossible to reverse. In a matter of years, Europe as we know it will cease to exist. Yet the population of Europe is not declining. Why? Immigration. Islamic immigration. Of all population growth in Europe since 1990, 90% has been Islamic immigration. France, 1.8 children per family. Muslims, 8.1. In southern France, traditionally one of the most populated church regions in the world, there are now more mosques than churches. 30% of children ages 20 and younger are Islamic. In the larger cities such as Nice, Marseille and Paris, that number has grown to 45%. By 2027, one in five Frenchmen will be Muslim. In just 39 years, France will be an Islamic Republic. In the last 30 years, the Muslim population of Great Britain rose from 82,000 to 2.5 million, a 30-fold increase. There are over 1,000 mosques, many of them former churches. In the Netherlands, 50% of all newborns are Muslim. And in only 15 years, half of the population of the Netherlands will be Muslim. In Russia, there are over 23 million Muslims. That's one out of five Russians. 40% of the entire Russian army will be Islamic in just a few short years. Currently in Belgium, 25% of the population and 50% of all newborns are Muslim. The government of Belgium has stated one-third of all European children will be born to Muslim families by 2025, just 17 years away. The German government the first to talk about this publicly, recently released a statement saying, the fall in the German population can no longer be stopped. Its downward spiral is no longer reversible. 
it will be a Muslim state by the year 2050. Muammar al-Gaddafi of Libya said, there are signs that Allah will grant victory to Islam in Europe without swords, without guns, without conquest. We don't need terrorists. We don't need homicide bombers. The 50 plus million Muslims in Europe will turn it into a Muslim continent within a few decades. There are currently 52 million Muslims in Europe. The German government said that number is expected to double in the next 20 years to 104 million. Closer to home, the numbers tell a similar story. Right now, Canada's fertility rate is 1.6, nearly a full point below what is required to sustain a culture. And Islam is now the fastest growing religion. Between 2001 and 2006, Canada's population increased by 1.6 million, 1.2 of those immigration. In the United States, the current fertility rate of American citizens is 1.6. With the influx of the Latino nations, the rate increases to 2.11, the bare minimum required to sustain a culture. In 1970, there were 100,000 Muslims in America. Today, there are over 9 million. The world is changing. It's time to wake up. Three years ago, a meeting of 24 Islamic organizations was held in Chicago. The transcripts of that meeting showed in detail their plans to evangelize America through journalism, politics, education, and more. They said, we must prepare ourselves for the reality that in 30 years, there will be 50 million Muslims living in America. The world that we live in is not the world in which our children and grandchildren will live. The Catholic Church recently reported that Islam has just surpassed their membership numbers. Some studies show that at Islam's current rate of growth, in five to seven years, it will be the dominant religion of the world. As believers, we call upon you to join the effort to share the gospel message with the changing world. This is a call to action. Good morning, everybody. I love how that DVD ended. This is a call to action. And that's why I believe God uh, gave me the privilege to come to you again. So together, we can take more action than I can take alone or you can take alone. The first point of the message is uh, Muslims are growing very rapidly all over the world. Every four persons living in the world today, one of them is a Muslim. Muslim population doubles every 20 years. In America right now, we have about 20 million Muslims. Orange County, about 500,000. Los Angeles, about 1 million. Uh, I was speaking at Calvary Chapel, Fremont, uh, five years ago. Uh, Pastor Tim Brown told me we have 40,000 Afghani Muslims in Fremont, California alone. Now, probably there are 70,000, so many babies. 
Now, most of these Muslims don't understand what we talk about in the Bible. The message of God's love and salvation never been communicated to most of the Muslim people in the world effectively. And effectively means in a way they can understand. Because as you know, communication happens not only because of the words of the speaker, but also because of the understanding of the listener. The listener has to understand what you are talking about, uh, has to understand the message. And I, I give you example. When I first came to America, and I was so lonely, and I see a beautiful American girl worshiping Jesus, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. So I go to her, I tell her, my name is Sammy. I'm very happy to meet you. And she looks at me and say, what's up? I tell her, nothing up. Please give me your parents' phone number. My parents, why? Because my parents are coming. I like my parents to call your parents. Huh, what for? <laughs> uh, to be very honest with you, uh, I saw you worshiping Jesus. I know you love Jesus, and uh, you are so beautiful. I've been watching you. Uh, and I know I should not have said that, but... Uh, <laughs> and maybe we can visit with your fa my family, visit you with your family, and maybe we can talk and pray. Maybe we discover it's God's will. We get married. And, and, you know, she usually looks at me and says, no, that's so weird. No, 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 <laughs> I don't think so. And I, I used to think, why I get rejected so fast? You know, I had pure motives, a great sense of humor. If she got to know me, I look good. <laughs> hey, 1982, I looked beautiful. I have pictures. <laughs> now I'm getting old, you know. <laughs> to me, this is the most honorable way to approach a girl. Through the family. My sisters got married that way. This is the best way so the flesh will not have any chance. And we pray, we think, we see if it's God's will or not. To her, this is the most uncool and ridiculous way. She want to get to know me first. And that's for me dangerous, you know. Uh, and uh, God taught me a very important lesson. If you want to be used to your greatest potential to help people understand my love and salvation, especially Muslims, that's my calling, you need to start praying seriously that I can help you use your mind and say the best words you can say so you can answer the questions Muslims have about the Christian faith and you can deal with their objections and they present Jesus in the most understandable way to them. And the God of course, spoke to me from Matthew 13, Jesus' parable, when Jesus said, when some of the seed falls on the lives of people that do not understand, it's easy for the wicked one to snatch away the words of God that was sown in their lives. Why? Because it's superficial. They did not understand it. So understanding is very important. And Muslims have serious questions. I'll give you an example. Muslims say, uh, the Quran told us, how can God have a son if he never got married? How can you say Jesus is the son of God? And how can you say that God loves Jesus and watching him being murdered? 
If you are a father and you saw a bunch of criminals killing your child, wouldn't you go to risk your son? Don't you love your son? That's what a good, loving, heavenly father would have done if Jesus is his son. So, because this is my calling, I studied the Quran in law school in Egypt uh, before I practiced law and uh, throughout my life. And we know that Muslims are commanded to follow the faith of Abraham and take Abraham's life as an example to follow. So we ask Muslims, how about the Prophet Abraham? He did not merely watch his son being murdered, but one day he took his son in one hand and a knife to butcher him with the other. Was he a good father? Was he a good prophet? And God told us, do not kill. Certainly not your innocent child. And Muslims now are thinking about their own beliefs and what does this story mean? And we ask Muslims, well, don't you agree with me that if Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son to God, then he proved that he has perfect sacrificial love to God. A Muslim will say, of course he proved that. And we tell Muslims, that's exactly what God wants you to discover from the story of Abraham. Because we read about God in Romans 5, 8. God manifested, demonstrated his own love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Why God asked Abraham, the father Abraham, to give him his son? <laughs> Why not pray or fast? or give money, or whatever. Muslims will agree with you that if Abraham was willing to give his son to God, then he proved beyond any doubt that he is willing and ready to give God everything and anything he has. And we tell Muslims, wow, I'm glad you agree with me, because that's exactly what God wants you to discover because we read about God in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but give him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And you share your testimony. And you tell Muslims, the moment I put my faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, at that moment and now I know <laughs> for sure that God will give me the best life I can ever have on earth while I walk with him, of course. And one day, God is going to share his kingdom with me and he's going to give me everything. How do we know that? How do we know God's awesome intentions and the plans for us here and forever? Somebody can answer me? How do we know that? Because... Somebody raise his voice or her voice. Somebody answer me. How? What? Why can't you speak loud? Speak loud. Speak loud for God's sake. Why, how do we know that? No, that's not the answer. No, 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 no. You could have been listening better than that. We know that God will give us the best life on earth and forever because he gave us his son. That's what the Bible said. Try to listen better. <laughs> Don't think about lunch now. Think. Focus. 
Use your mind. Remember, the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart and soul and mind. Use your mind. God wants you to use your mind. Better. Hello? I told you the story and I told you the verse. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him, gave him up for us all. How? Will he not also, along with him, graciously give us everything? That's what the Bible said. Romans 8.32 If God gave you his son, don't you think he's going to give you the best life you can ever have on earth as you walk with him, of course? And one day God's going to give you everything. His kingdom, his glory. You're going to be part. Share. You're going to share. <laughs> so we share that with Muslims. So that answered their objections effectively. We used Prophet Abraham, whom they believe in and commanded to follow his life and his example. And we used a powerful emotional story to penetrate their heart. And we use that to make a far more powerful presentation of Jesus than any normal presentation would have achieved. This is very important that we use our mind and we help people understand God's love and God's salvation and the beauty and the depth and the power of the Christian faith. Okay, this is the first point God wants you to realize. Muslims are growing very rapidly all over the world and very few Christians or pastors from the radio or TV answered their questions and dealt with their objections about the Christian faith. Now the second point is what is God's heart and God's mind? And the story starts from Genesis 12. God chose Abraham, and God told Abraham, I will bless you and through you, underline the word all. So God's intentions from choosing Abraham is to bless him, yes. Bless Isaac and Israel, yes. However, to use them as a blessing to all the families of the earth. This is essentially included in God's eternal plan from choosing Abraham and choosing Israel. And this is essentially included in God's plan from choosing you and me. It's to bless us and use us as a blessing to as many families as we let him. If you want me to remind you of God's blessing, to us, I'll mention a couple of things to you. God put us in the greatest country in the world, America. God guided us to one of the genuine Christian movement in America, Calvary Chapel. For you, God gave you awesome pastor, Pastor Mike. And I know many wonderful people in the church here. Jeff, you know Jeff, the guy that have printer? He helps our ministry all the time with printing materials, gave me the best price possible. Sometimes he does things free for our ministry. 
I saw Jesus in the church today through the people I met, doing technical support and greeters and Richard helping me. I saw Jesus. I saw love. I saw humility. God blessed us when he opened our eyes and hearts to understand his love and salvation through Jesus Christ. It was his grace that saved us. God loved us when he forgave all of our sins. Wow! Anytime we tell God, I am sorry, I don't want to do that anymore or say that anymore or think that anymore, God said, forgiven, don't mention it. I will bless you today. Wow! Like nothing happened, nothing happened. <laughs> God gave us eternal life. Eternal life in his presence, sharing his kingdom. Wow! You know, life is short. Life can end anytime. And if it didn't end anytime, just give it 15 more years. Half of us here will be dead, probably. The other half, most of them will be growing old and they will be sick and they will die soon. Uh, this is the good news I came to share with you today. You will die soon, <laughs> even if you eat organic and exercise. <laughs> Give it a couple more years. Life is very short and unpredictably short half of the time. And the older you get, the more you want to die, really. Because the less you can do. Life is nothing. But God gave us the privilege to enjoy his presence... And to know that we are going to heaven to be with him and to share his kingdom forever. And God promised to reward each one of us generously for anything we done for him. Or for his church. Or to expand his kingdom. God blessed us more than you can imagine. And God promised to be with us with every problem we have. God is with me. It will not go too bad. God blessed us, chose us, and blessed us, yes, because he loves you personally. <laughs> this is personal. But don't ever forget, because he want to use you as a blessing, hopefully, all the time, throughout your life, to as many families as you let him. Here is the secret of the happy Christian life. The more you cooperate with God and tell him, I agree. Bless me more. Bless me more. Bless me spiritually. Fill me with this, your spirit. Bless me mentally. Make me sharp in my mind. Bless me financially. Give me a lot of money. And use me as a blessing to hundreds and thousands and millions of people. This is my prayer and my wife every day. God bring us millions of dollars. God bring us so many people to help us. God, fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Let every step every day be guided by you. And use us, God, as a blessing to millions of people. And every year, God is going to give you promotion and bless you more and use you more. And life will become very exciting. <laughs> But if you live for yourself, you, the more you live for yourself, the more miserable you will be. And you will die miserable. 
after 15 years. <laughs> now, when I give you the sign, you already changed it without me giving you a sign. So try to follow my instruction, please. As you promised to me. Genesis 17, God promised Abraham to bless Ishmael. Ishmael is the physical and the spiritual ancestor of the Muslim people. God told us in the Bible, God was with Ishmael as he grew up. When God gave circumcision as the sign of the covenant to Abraham, Abraham and Ishmael were circumcised together. God promised Hagar to multiply her descendants exceedingly. Hagar was called Abraham's wife one time in the Bible. Hagar was a sinner, and Sarah also was a big sinner. And she mistreated Hagar and kicked her out. And we are all sinners. God named Hagar unborn son Ishmael, which means God hears. Same verse, God heard Hagar's affliction. Genesis 21, God heard Ishmael crying. Who hears our cry when we cry, when we have a big problem? Who hears our cry? God. More than anyone else. And he help us, comfort us through his spirit and intervene in the situation. But God also wants us to hear the cry of the people that don't know him, including Muslims. You remember when Hagar and Ishmael were dying from thirst in the desert? What happened? God intervened, told Hagar, do not be afraid. I hear the Ishmael crying, lift up Ishmael by his hand. I will make into him a great nation. Wow! And God personally opened Hagar's eyes. She saw a well of water and he saved their lives. Now this story proves that Ishmael's birth was not just merely, simply a mistake Abraham did. <laughs> uh-uh. It shows that God has wonderful eternal plans from the birth of Ishmael and the special love for him and for his children, Kedar and Nebaiath. Remember these two names, Ishmael's name and his first two sons' names, Kedar and Nebaiath, were carefully recorded in the genealogies of the Holy Text. Now, why this is important? Focus with me. It's important because Isaiah 21 told us that the Arab people came from Kedar. So what? Oh, this is a big deal. Because in Isaiah 60, God told us all Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaiath will serve you. They will be accepted as offering on my altar. Tan, tarata, tan, tan. This is very exciting prophecy. One of the most significant prophecy in the Old Testament. Why? Are you listening? Yes. Thinking? Because the time God gave these words to prophet Isaiah and told the prophet Isaiah to say these words, 
Kedar and Nebaiath actually already had been dead a thousand years ago. Of course, when I saw those verses, I start looking in the Christian commentary, what does those verses mean? I looked almost at all of them. I discovered that the time God told the prophet Isaiah to say these words, Kedar and Nebaiath already had been dead a thousand years ago. Wow! Then clearly these words do not refer to the person of Kedar and Nebaiath. But it refers to their descendants, right? Question, why it refers to their descendants? Somebody answer me. Why these words do not refer to the person of Kedar and Nebaiath, but it refers to their children, to their descendants? Somebody can answer? Thank you so much. Because they've been dead for over a thousand years ago. <laughs> and do we know that Kedar and Nebaiath, Ishmael's first two sons? Jeremiah 49, Iranian Muslims will come to Christ. You know, uh, many years ago, uh, God uh, brought our ministry $10,000, which are lots of money for us. And uh, uh, I was praying, God, how do you want us to spend this $10,000? God told me, send your book uh, to Colorado Spring to be translated uh, to Farsi, which is a language spoken by uh, Iranian. I wrote a book to answer the questions Muslims have about the Christian faith. So I sent it there, and it was translated, and we started giving it to Iranian Muslims. I got an email. My father is Iranian and was raised in the Muslim religion. Uh, over the years, he had many questions, and I tried to answer them with my husband. I got hold of your book in Farsi, Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend. Uh, about a month, I gave it to him. About a month later, he couldn't stop telling me how much he loved the book. He finally understood, you see, the difference between the Quran and the Bible. It, I am so thankful uh, for your book. It has answered so many of his questions and given him clarity. Muslims are confused. I am blessed to say he considers himself a Christian now. So we are winning Iranian Muslims to Christ when we answer their questions. Uh, Isaiah 19:21, God promised to save Muslims in Egypt, my homeland. I was in Egypt not long a time ago, and I shared Jesus with so many people, and I led one uh, Muslim to Christ. Isaiah 19:25, God said, "Blessed be Egypt, my people, your people." That's what God said, "My people." Assyria, which is Iraq, the work of my hand, Israel, my inheritance. Acts 2, Arab people were evangelized. People in heaven will come from all over the world. Muslims are growing all over the world. We got prophecies, conclusion, multitudes of Muslims, more than you can ever imagine, will be in heaven. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. The only question that remains to be answered is who God will use to tell them about Jesus. Is God going to use you and me or he's going to use somebody else? If no one cooperated with God, which I doubt it, God will get the job done by himself. You know, God can use visions and dreams. God can send angels. 
uh, in human form, God can use the Holy Spirit. God does not need us. However, when we cooperate with God, we are blessed because we live the most exciting life here, meaningful, and we get rewarded more in heaven. God is working to attract the Muslims to Jesus. You remember the Passion of Christ movie? A big rumor got out there the movie is anti-Semitic, which made many of the Muslim leaders excited about the movie. So as soon as the movie was released, many of the Muslim leaders bought the movie, put it for public to hear and say, thank you for laughing. I was jumping in my home. And, and they told their people, go watch what the bad Jews have done to the good prophet Jesus. A huge number of Muslims watched the movie. I got reports that they were crying like babies. God used the passion of Christ to penetrate Muslims' heart and made them feel his love and salvation. Good news, God already started fulfilling the prophecies. How do I know that? I know that from the emails I get after we give Muslims my book. We have it in 11 languages now. Let me, let me read to you a couple of emails. Now, Muslims know that the Bible is different than the Quran, so their teachers tell them the Bible has been corrupted. So I have, I have a calling to accomplish two goals. Goal number one, 50% of my time to tell Muslims about Jesus and to remove the obstacles that stand in their path to understand the word of God and to know Jesus. And goal number two is to go to Christians and travel, speak to Christians and motivate them and equip them to witness effectively to Muslims. Because those Christians, you, you will meet Muslims I will never meet. And I try to use publication and radio and satellite TV. This is the plan, just to give you an idea. So God told me, remove obstacle number one. The Bible is corrupted. So I studied the Quran, as I told you, and I discovered that all the verses in the Quran about the Bible stated that the Bible is the word of God. Wow. So I put all these verses and the verses that command the Muslims to read the Bible. And here is an email I got. So we sent our book to the University of Pennsylvania. And I got an email. My Turkish friend Mehmet said, this is from Walter Johnson. He gave a book to his Turkish friend. My Turkish friend Mehmet said he could consider the Bible and read it after he read Glad News. It showed him that he was allowed to read the Bible from the Quran as a Muslim. It opened his eyes. He said, I could not put the book down. This is the answer of prayer. I don't like reading English that much, but I read 200 pages in one day. Answer to prayer. I could have read more, but I looked up every Quranic reference. After a few months, he got baptized and is now sharing Jesus actively with other Muslims while he works on his PhD here in the USA. We were all so thrilled. Thank you for writing the book. I got an email from one of the directors of Voice of the Martyrs. His name is David Witt. 
Pastor David Witt has his own ministry now. So I gave him books. I told him, take them to Africa. He said, I am glad to share with you wonderful news of your book, Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend, Impacting Lives in North Africa. We sent one Arabic Glad News to the MBB, Muslim Background Believers, in North Africa. They reported back this one book, Travel the Nation, Two Muslims accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Now they are requesting 500 books. His last email, your book has made the Mauritanian news. So what happened is the Mauritanian government discovered that when people read the first section of the book, they know the Bible is the word of God and they start reading the Bible. So they put a, a picture of my book in Arabic and a picture of the Arabic Bible, and they warned the people of Mauritania not to read these two books. Thank you for laughing. They gave me free advertisement in the country of Mauritania. <laughs> of course, we don't take any money uh, from Muslims. We put the book in the website. They can read it. We give it to them free. Uh, another, I spoke at Calvary Chapel, Tallahassee, maybe three, four times in the past 15 years, even before 9-11. Before I went the last time, I got an email. My name is Malak. I am originally from Lebanon. I am a Muslim. I have always been a Muslim. So she thinks that's a very good thing. I met an, you know, and someone, he gave her a copy of my book. She said, uh, let me say, since I read this book, I fell in love with God. Aha! Uh -huh. Muslims are thirsty to enjoy God's love, you see? So we have a whole chapter about God is love. Um... I am now happier than before. I saw and felt what I haven't seen nor felt it before. God's love for me. Can you imagine Muslims don't know that God loves them personally? <laughs> well, the last email, of course we talked a lot. The last email, thanks for helping me experience and enjoy God's love and salvation. I can, I can, I can keep you the whole day, actually for a few days, reading you emails of Muslims coming to Christ after they get answers to their questions and after they understand the biblical teaching that is essential to their salvation. My wife is ex-Muslim, uh, became born again while studying to become a Muslim teacher, and she started talking about Jesus in the Islamic University, Azhar University, before they threw her in prison, one of the PhD Muslim professor believed her story and he put his faith in Jesus, became born again, and in prison she met three other ex-Muslims and they started praying and singing because they wrote their names in one of the newspapers that they could be executed and they won some Muslim prisoners to Christ before they got before they got released, if you want to get a copy of her testimony, you can get a copy. Even if you don't have money, you can get a copy. Why God is working to save Muslims? Because God is love. God loves the people. And God knows that people are suffering who do not enjoy a relationship with him. And God seeks to love people and have a relationship with people to alleviate their suffering and to help them enjoy their life here and forever. Why? Because he loves people. <laughs> That's it. The greatest commandment is that we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, 
And Jesus said something interesting. Jesus said the second greatest commandment, the second greatest commandment is, you are right, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But he said a couple of words before that that we often don't pay much attention to. He said the second greatest commandment in the Bible is exactly like the first one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves is equally important to loving God. Why? Because I can't love God in action, practically, without loving my neighbor and helping my neighbor to have a relationship with God. I can't satisfy the heart of God. Remember, Jesus said in Luke 15, there is a celebration in heaven when one sinner repents. Party time, the angels are dancing. Hallelujah. One sinner repented over there. Yes. That's what excites heaven. Celebration in heaven. More than anything else. That's why Jesus said, this is what the Bible is all about. <laughs> love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember, don't miss the greatest commandment. Now, Muslims are our neighbors. According to Disneyland, it's a small world after all. <laughs> right? God loves the people, including bad people, even in the Old Testament. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah told him, Nineveh is part of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire is against your people, Israel. And the Ninevites are wicked people. <laughs> God said, <laughs> I insist. Or you are a dead man. Go to Nineveh. And that was the biggest revival in the Old Testament. God is telling the church in America now, go to Muslims. Stop making excuses. Go to Muslims. And the Christian leaders and pastors uh, are reluctant. How do I know that? The Christian leaders and pastors in America spend billions, possibly trillions of dollars every year on so many things. And they don't spend even 1% of their time or budget to share Jesus effectively with Muslims. It's a tragedy with the Christian leaders in America and pastors. Thank God your pastor is not one of them. Christian leaders in America and pastors spend more time talking about politics and attacking Obama more than they are spending time in doing their job. Preach the gospel to all people in the world. <laughs> they don't do their job. Okay? They do as less as possible to get paid and to make people happy, and that's it. They haven't gone to the Muslim world. Actually, they, they spend more time to support wars against Muslims than they manifested God's love to Muslims and preached Jesus effectively to them. You know, had they been thinking about it and praying about it, Americans are the smartest people in the world. They're going to find a way to communicate Jesus effectively to hundreds of millions of Muslims. 
and then that, that last Muslims all get saved and we are out of here. They haven't done it. They haven't done it. Uh, and they take excuse, Muslims are terrorists. So what? <laughs> Even if they are terrorists. Apostle Paul was a terrorist, wasn't he? He was a terrorist. His goal was to destroy the church. But he was doing it with good intentions. Those are the terrorist Muslims. They think that they are defending the people of God, the Muslims, and they think they are fighting the enemies. You tell me, how can they think that? Oh, how can they think that? If you ask them, they will tell you that we are not the only people who kill you, but you killed us also. They tell you that. They told you, you killed us when you launched the, you remember the campaign of Shaq and Ah that Ramzi Field launched on Iraq? campaign of shock and ah. He said, I'm going to shower thousands of, bo- of bombs on Iraq from the sea, from the ground, from the air and destroy Saddam Hussein army. He did destroy it, but he did kill about 70, 80,000 Iraqi Muslims. Got nothing to do with anything. And then they discover in, in England that <laughs> there was no weapon of mass destruction. Sorry. <laughs> Muslims will tell you, you killed us when you gave weapons to Israel and they killed our children. Every war, they killed thousands of children and women. And your Christian leaders even never say anything about it. Now, that's not my words. That's their words. So, what I am getting at is Satan, the greatest enemy to humanity. Satan went to the Muslims and told them, Americans are terrorists and materialistic and immoral and they believe in pornography and drinking and abortion. They are bad people. The Americans are bad people and they believe in three gods and they can't wait to kill more Muslims. And they are the reason that they give arms to Daesh and they give arms to the Taliban and they made Muslims kill each other. Satan tell Muslims horrible lies and they make you look like a terrorist. And then Satan comes to the Americans and tell them, listen, these Muslims are terrorists. They kill innocent people in Israel. They are against Israel, the people of God. And they are against civilization. And they want to kill all people. And they want to control the world. Satan has been working hard using politics and wars since the Crusaders, then the colonial period. You remember? Europe invading the Muslim world, occupying Muslim land, and Satan has been working, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Iraqi-American conflict, and then Satan go to Muslims and tell them, hurt Americans, 9-11, terrorist attack. Satan has been working hard, the greatest deceiver and liar and the enemy of humanity, to widen the gulf of separation between Muslims and Americans and the Christians, and to fill the air with anger and suspicious and fear and the Muslims were coming here, coming to Europe. And then Satan will inspire a Muslim uh, terrorist to commit a terrorist attack and then makes people afraid of Muslims. Satan is, God is working to save all people and Satan is working to destroy the lives of people and to send as many people as possible to hell. 
Just understand that. When you see a Muslim, tell him, Salam Alaikum. Muslims are God conscious people. They believe in God, a creator, supreme being who created heaven and earth, but they don't have the right information about God. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Muslims are not our enemy. Muslims are victims to Satan, our enemy. They are blinded spiritually. They don't have the word of God. We do. We are responsible about the truth. They are not uh, illuminated spiritually or mentally. They, they live in darkness. They don't have the Holy Spirit. We do. The responsibility is ours, not theirs. They are dead spiritually. They are frightened from God because the Quran never promised them eternal life or forgiveness. Even if they did everything the Quran told them to do, the only sure way for a Muslim to go to, it, to, to, to heaven is fighting the enemy of God and being killed in the process. You see Satan? Satan is giving them one way out. Kill your enemy. And certainly we look like their enemies. Muslims arrive for the gospel. Read some of the emails I get all the time. They arrive for the gospel. They are hungry for God. They want to please God. They want God to forgive them. They don't know how because they don't have the right information about God in the Quran. They have a little bit of good information and many wrong information. That's why God wants to equip the church in America. And God wants us to answer their questions. Now, let me tell you my story quickly. I was born and raised in Egypt to practice law as a defense lawyer in my father's legal firm. It's a family business. My grandfather also was a defense lawyer. And it was a good job, but uh, it was not helping me to walk with God and to fulfill my calling. I tried to witness the Muslims. I got attacked physically a couple of times by fanatic Muslims. Uh, I was not wise or sensitive at all. I did not know anything. I was just aggressive. I gave Muslim uh, Christian materials. I was arrested. And my father told me, hey, 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 that's enough. If you want to work for me, if you want to be successful like me and your grandfather, you need to forget about Jesus, talk about Jesus with Christians. But with Muslims, you need to focus on your reputation as a defense lawyer and focus on winning your cases. It was not good for me because most of my clients were drug dealers and all of them were guilty. <laughs> I never met an innocent client. And, uh, and uh, I used to help drug dealers to get out of prison for two years. Uh, and then God told me, what are you doing? I told God, I'm doing my job. And God told me, no. Remember Moses in Hebrew 11. Moses was born and raised in Egypt to be a prince, but Moses preferred to leave Egypt, suffer affliction with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. God told me, don't be stupid. You think you are smart by becoming successful and rich? Get out of Egypt before it's too late. Walk by faith like Moses did. So by God's grace, you know, I was crying, God, I want to walk with you. And God said, leave Egypt. I left Egypt 1980, came to America, worked in Gaza Station, busboy, dishwasher, waiter for 17 years. 
And before I start working as a lawyer, went to UCI, graduated, uh, studied for the California bar exam. Before I started practicing law, God brought my wife. My wife said, stop. God brought us together. Can't you see? Not to get rich and you work as a lawyer again, but God brought us together so we can fulfill our calling. I want Muslims to know Jesus and I want Americans to love Muslims and to share Jesus with them effectively. Let's start being prepared for the ministry that God called us together to do. You need to pray. I started praying and God told me, I, I started praying and God told me, your wife is right. Don't resist her. I did not call you out of Egypt to become a lawyer again. Remember, keep walking by faith. I was very discouraged because most of the pastors in America do not care about the ministry to Muslims, especially before 9-11. <laughs> they used to laugh when I talked to them about the ministry. You know, and God, I told God, but I need to use my mind. I need to do something important. I had a, a simple job for the county of Orange at that time, the government. And God told me, love me with all your mind. I will give you only one case to prove. Collect the evidence, present Jesus in the most understandable, attractive, acceptable, convincing way to educated Muslims. Write a book. And of course, I did not own a computer or typewriter. I, uh, you know, and God brought American Christians to help me Thank God. Write it and God brought other uh, American Christians to give uh, me and my wife money when we start a non-profit ministry. And that book in 11 languages now and we try to print it and we try to spread it and we are winning so many Muslims to Christ just by answering their questions with gentleness and respect without attacking them. That's how God want to save people. It is easy. How can they believe without hearing? How can they hear without you and me? And, that, and God told me, not only go to Muslims, but go to my church and motivate and equip the church to do the works of the ministry. Uh, can we listen to my pastor testimony, please? Uh, pastor Chuck Smith. Thank you so much. I have a co-worker who I can consider somewhat of a friend uh, who's Muslim, and uh -huh. uh, he, we talk here and there. I'm not as knowledgeable as I should be about the Bible, and uh, I would love to be more knowledgeable and try to help him, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I'm concerned. And, but it's hard to um, answer some of his questions concerning uh the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I, I would love to know what to do, uh, what kind of format to go through, uh, whether we're giving him a book. I had given him a Bible, uh -huh. <laughs> um, um, so I, I don't know, you know, hopefully he still has that in his house. Okay, we, we do have a fellow here in our church uh, okay. who is an Egyptian, and uh, he probably knows more about the Muslim faith than what they know. That's me. Uh, he's very, very uh, versed in uh, the Muslim religion. And he's written a book titled, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend. And uh, many Muslims have uh, been converted uh, after reading this book. 
So I would suggest that if you want to give your uh, friend something that would really help him, because it takes the Muslim beliefs and it sort of takes the Bible and uh, sort of shows comparisons and so forth, and uh, I would highly recommend that you give him this book by Sammy Tanaho on God Loves You, My Muslim Friend. Thank you so much. Uh, the last verse of the PowerPoint, please. Thank you so much. You've been a big help to me. Thank you. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I, I had uh, yeah, I had an office at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa for 15 years, and many Muslims came, uh, shook Pastor Chuck Smith's hand, and told him, thank you for the ministry. We were Muslims. We became Christians. And then we started a non-profit ministry, and I moved my office to my home so I can spend more time with my wife and uh, save time going back and forth. Uh, so... Now, I want to ask you some action, some, to do some action. Now, you remember the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Can you think of one non-Christian person you know, non-Christian American? Can you think of one non-Christian? Would you be willing to pray for that person? And to manifest God's love to that person in, in action. You know, uh, have some food, take it to him, help that person, uh, sh go shake his hand or tell him, I'm glad you are my neighbor. And give that person a book to help him in understand God's love and Jesus. Would you be willing to do that? Huh? Good. I have a few books, our ministry uh, give as a gift. It's called the true love. And the idea that true love came to me because I travel a lot and I, and I have hundreds of neighbors and I can't talk to every one of them about the beauty and the depth of God's love and salvation and Jesus. So God told me, why don't you write a book and give it to them? So that's what I done. If you would promise me to reach one non-Christian person with this book, and I hope you can invite that person to church. Can you do that? Okay, can, do I have some volunteer? Come, come, come take a book. Come, come quickly. Come quickly. Don't be shy. Come. Come quickly. So you pray for that person. You pray for that person. And you do something for him to tell him, I love you. I love you. And then you invite that person to church. Okay, and I have more on my table. Now, if Gilad News book, I have it in Arabic today and in Farsi, and in English and Chinese, and in Spanish. Thank God we have it in Spanish now. So definitely I want you to get, I hope you can get two books, one for you to equip you, and then one for a Muslim friend to give it to him as a divine appointment. Pray for divine appointment. If you didn't get a divine appointment, just go to the mall. You will meet a Muslim. And tell him, Salam Alaikum. Uh, God loves you and we love Muslims. And uh, 
I have a book of a friend of mine. Would you read it and let me know what you think of it? It's about God's love. And to pray before you give it to him and pray for that person. And remember, we won a lot of Muslims after they read the book. Go to my website, you will read many testimonies. And if God, if God put it in your heart, uh, okay, when you, when you buy the book, don't write the check to me, Sammy. Write it for glad news for Muslims. And write in the memo, one book, two book, three book. And if you are not able to pay the price, pay whatever you can pay. Because the important thing is the ministry, not the money. And by the way, if God is blessing you financially, and above your tithing, you can donate one time to glad news for Muslims, please do. If God is blessing you financially, and above your tithing, you can donate $15 a month to our ministry, you can fill this form. I want to end with walk with God by faith in obedience. And pray every day, God, help me today, God, to love you with all my heart, soul, and mind. Help me, God, to walk according to your will. Help me, God, to love my neighbors, the people I meet. Fill me with your spirit and trust that God will use your life and walk day by day, day by day, every day, every day, take a step forward. Trust God more. And give your life to God more. Do you think when I, when I left my father's legal firm and my language and my culture and my family and my property and came to work in a gas station here and sleep on the floor, do you think I knew that God's going to use me to bring all these Muslims to cry? Huh? No. Step by step. Step by step, step by step, walk by faith. Even if hell break loose, keep putting your faith in God. Keep giving your life to God. Even if you lose your life, lose it. You're going to lose it anyway after 15 years. Lose it now. For God's sake. For your neighbor's sake. For, your, for people's sake. And that's what Jesus said. If you keep your life to yourself... You will lose it. You will waste it. And trust me, God will take care of you more than you can take care of yourself. I've been all over the world. Europe many times, Africa, Asia. I go all over the United States. I have, my life is extremely fulfilling and meaningful and exciting. And my prayer now, God, use me through the radio. Use me through satellite TV. God, you used me to bring hundreds or thousands of Muslims to Christ. At least thousands. You know, I was in Israel uh, speaking at Calvary Chapel Bible College, Nazareth Seminary. I got uh, invitation to speak at Bethlehem Seminary, the, uh, the largest seminary in Israel, by the president. And the invitation to lunch, buffet, Middle East, was my wife. So I thanked him very much. He said, no, thank you. I told him, no, thank you, especially for the buffet. <laughs> Middle East buffet, I never had that in America. And, and, he, and I told him, why are you thanking me to, to speak in the, your seminary? This is my job. My calling is to speak and to teach. And he said, no, I thank you because you gave us 
2,000 copies of your book in Arabic. Actually, we did not give him any books. We printed the book, and we let people print it anywhere. So some, an American guy funded the projects of printing 5,000 books in Israel. And he got 2,000 copies. And he said, you know what happened? I told him, no. He said, we gave them to Palestinian Muslims in the West Bank, and we won 100 Muslims to Christ. And that's why we... See? And, uh, and, and that's why I wanna, I'm glad I remember this. Who is going to get rewarded for these 100 Muslims that came to Christ because of the book? You know, I tell you, my thinking, I will get 5% of the reward in heaven because I wrote the book. It took me six years and I revised it five, six times. It was not easy. And the people that prayed, including my wife, maybe will get 40, 50%, each one will get. And the American person that paid the $6,000 to print the book in Israel, will maybe will get rewarded big time. I don't know the percentage, of course, but I'm just imagining. That's why I want to tell you, use whatever God gave you for God. If God gives you the, the, the compassion and the sympathy and the love, pray. If God gives you the gift of, of helping in the church, help in the church. If God is blessing you with a good job and give you a lot of money, give more money to the church, give more money to ministries that spread the gospel. If God gives you computer skills, use the computer skills. I mean, whatever God gave you, use it. Don't use it for yourself only. No. Use it for the kingdom of God. And you will never regret it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for Calvary Chapel, Ontario. I thank you for the awesome servant I met today. Richard and Sal and the worship team and the people that does technical support. I thank you for Pastor Mike, God. God, above all, we thank you for Jesus, forgiveness of sins, for eternal life. God, today, we surrender our lives to you today. If you never receive Jesus as your Savior, today is a good day to tell Jesus, I believe in you that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. Come, Jesus, into my heart and make me a child of God. Today is a good day that we tell God, God, we love you. We truly do, God. But help us to love you with all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind. God, fill us with your spirit and help us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And help us to express our love to you, God, through loving our neighbors and loving our enemies. God, don't allow us, God, to waste our lives on ourselves, living only for ourselves. But help us, God, to trust you and live for you. And use us, God. Use Calvary Chapel, Ontario. Use our lives, God as a blessing to multitudes of people, including multitudes of Muslims. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I almost forgot. I have a few CDs. Who wants a CD, Christian CD? Come, come quickly. I have three. 